0: Welcome to The Pragmatic Pagan, Season 2. This podcast explores an inclusive pagan path via science-based witchcraft, no deities included. With a focus on nature and energy, this spiritual practice is centered on lunar tides and seasonal cycles. Here, in Season 2, we take things up a notch and dig deeper into the skills needed to connect with the energy around you. You can join me on Patreon for ways to stay connected and in tune to the universe. And we can stay connected when you follow me on Patreon or social media. Links in the bio. Merry meet all. this moment I would like to acknowledge that I, like most of us, stand upon stolen land. Land that belongs to the original stewards and natives of this space. Please pause to acknowledge, with gratitude, the sacrificed by, and the cost to, the people of these first nations, past, present, and future. These words are in honor of their role as the first spiritual caretakers of the land, And in my pagan path, my hope is to continue their dedication to the survival and renewal of our planet and its creatures. It is a promise to plant seeds of healing in the wake of the destruction my ancestors have caused. As above, so below, so mote it be. The Pragmatic Pagan participates in Real Rent Duwamish as a way to support local native tribes. I encourage you to look into similar rent programs in your area and participate if you are financially able. Water, the key to life, here on this planet and within our bodies. Water covers more of this planet's surface than exposed Earth. It is what we look for in remote worlds as a sign of life. And it moves within us often unnoticed, filling our muscles and sinew from saliva to tears. Water is integral to our human systems as 80% of our body. It is what fills the spaces in between. Water is transformative, both internally and externally. Water fills our bath, it boils our food and cleanses our wounds. It is water that quenches our thirst and when our skin comes in contact with it as it washes over us, our bodies respond like to like, trickling down our limbs, creating patterns and landscapes as it tumbles, not unlike the waterfalls cascading over mountain ledges. Water falling head over heel as it splashes and crashes, whirling around you support you buoy you but can smother and drown you crash over and sink you it is laughter and joy of a bubble and the fear of the depths at its surface joyful but at its depth a mystery it is water that can shape and change us carving it away at our lines over time chiseling us down like well-worn sediments the bubbling brook swishing stream an ocean wave crashing and the force of a typhoon it is the flow of tears as we laugh and cry known within our bodies unexplored upon our lands it is the known and the great unknown in our worlds we are the elements that make up this world Just like the other two classical elements we have covered, this element's roots stem not only from Greek and Roman theology, but many other ancient philosophies as well. In Greek and Roman theology, Plato continues to study the classical elements, and later we know that Aristotle, of course, took this one step further and imagined the elements as sublunary spheres that circle our planet. According to Aristotle, the traits of this element include cold and wet, with its sublunary sphere occupying a space between the spheres of air and earth. This later translated to Greek medicine as well, and water became associated with the humor phlegm. These cold and wet traits would continue to permeate the role of this element and what it comes to represent in the modern occult. Water has long played an important role in spiritual mythology of all kinds, and it also has a bit of a mixed reputation when it comes to whether it is a source of good or, well, evil. In many cases, it is the transformation of water into wine or the parting of seas, but there are many early theologians who believed that water, its humor, phlegm, are a source of bile and corruption, that a person's internal flame must burn away the loose bile of the water element. In fact, ancient medicines and beliefs came to tie both winter and the feminine into this correlation. When the element of water is used in traditions from the Enochian system of magic, or in later the Order of the Golden Dawn, we see it represented by the chalice or cup. Water is associated with the archangel Gabriel here, and the angel Talahad. The elements Undines call this element their home, as mystical creatures that inhabit oceans, rivers, and streams. As the practices of the occult develop over time under the likes of Aleister Crowley and later Gardenian witchcraft in Wicca, water begins to represent more positive connotations, including change, cleansing, and resilience. Often tied to the moon and still the feminine, water appears consistently in occult practice, as an element, as a tool, and as an understanding of fluidity. Within my own practice, I look towards how water is perhaps the most diverse of the four elements, teaching us the power of transformation, its ability to move between gas, liquid, and solid, fluidly showing us that we too can transform and change, that there is benefit in shaping to the world and task at hand. I also strongly believe that our tie to water is what allows us to feel the push and pull of energy around us especially that of the moon. I consider how the moon affects the tides of the ocean and even smaller bodies of water, creating tides that push and pull against the shores. And as the moon completes its learner journey, those effects heighten. Comprised of 80% water, how could we not be affected by the gravitational tides? How might we react to those same gravity and energy changes unknowingly? Do you feel them? I know I do. I recommend a bath or shower for this meditation. Always mindful not to drift off to sleep while in water. While we are made of it, it only takes a small amount to change our circumstance. So if a bath or shower is not for you, consider instead a sit bath or a foot bath. Contact with water really helps here. Even a warm bowl of water for your hands can help. Set the space. Focus on the water element, the temperature, the feel. Let your limbs sink into this element, supported, surrounded. As you move within this, notice how your body and skin reacts. Enjoy this. Explore this and then let it settle. As your mind shifts inward, begin to focus on the breath, the movement and how it's subtle ripples and disturbs the water, or rather how the water gives and releases to make space. Begin to focus on the feeling of this tide rolling across your skin as you inhale and exhale. As this happens, tune into this element as it exists within you. As in our previous element meditations, consider how this element becomes visual to you, how it both lives within you and separate from. Consider how this element differs from the spark and flame of fire and the lofty float of air. Water is an element of transformation from steam to liquid to ice. It is amazing how this element reacts and supports the life around and within it. How can your energy mimic that fluidity? Now take a deep breath. Allow yourself to sink further in this element. Focus on the water that touches your skin and allow your mind to sink into the water inside you. Begin to tune into that energy, feeling as it shifts within you. What does this energy feel and look like? How does it behave and interact with you? What is your internal relationship with this element? Beyond this moment of meditation, begin to tune into your internal energy every day. Begin to notice patterns. Do they change with the lunar shifts? Consider how this element of water may be at play in your general energy patterns. Return to this meditation several times this moon cycle. Use this as a chance to really dig deep and understand this element. For this energy work, you will want a small bowl of water. You can do this while in a shower or bath, but think of this energy work as being a bit more refined than the meditation, requiring the next level of focus and dedication. So instead of wrapping yourself in the element to work with it, consider how to interact with smaller amounts. Settle yourself in a quiet space and place a small bowl of water in front of you. Breathe. Finding a place of still and calm. Focus on your breath as needed to bring yourself inward. Then begin to let your energy reach out to the water in the bowl, searching for that familiar energy from the meditation. Water in its liquid form is going to feel the heaviest of the elements we have dealt with so far, and that can often be challenging for some. Feel free to begin with your fingertips resting in the water if it helps to build and understand the connection. Remember, this type of energy work requires that you are able to get yourself into a meditative state, not interrupted by daily thoughts. You have to be present, aware, and focused in that immediate space. It also takes practice. Often, if our energies live in a space of heat and the element of fire, Finding that space of balance to exist and understand water can be challenging. Have patience with yourself. Keep trying. Once you are able to sense the Watergy energy that is present, begin to visualize it, both internal and external, and how they might support and sustain each other. For this, I often like to visualize the energy of water running up one hand and arm, through my chest, and down through the other arm, creating a bit of an energetic circuit, allowing this energy to run through me, rejuvenating, refreshing, cleansing. Spend time working with the energy of water, and when you feel as though you can both visualize and sense this energy, begin to work with it in your circle cast. Much like the air and fire elements, this element can be visualized as a sphere of energy when you cast your circle. As you advance in your practice, calling not just one elemental circle, but several at a time, adding a layer each time. These elemental energies can offer a buffer from unwanted energy interfering with your work, as well as a resource of energy to pull from when you are working on intents for your spell work. Elemental Journal this week, consider how your relationship with water has changed as you have explored its depths. And that is key. Truly explore the depths of this element in its many forms. A relationship you might have with water in one form may not hold true for its other forms. This is a time to process your experiences with this element. Understanding that often what causes a shift in state for this isn't an internal process, but an external one. Heat or cold stimulates a change. So consider, how does your internal energy react to change? Water, like air, is one of the elements most easily accessible in many of our day-to-day lives. In fact, just like clean air, we often take for granted the luxury of clean and running water. That is not a true thing for all communities, and I encourage you to participate in this episode's call to action to learn how you can help. As for how to connect with this element in a practical way, consider all the ways that water makes an appearance in your daily life. From brewing a morning beverage, to clean drinking water, from your shower to your laundry, water plays a pretty subtle and important role in our everyday lives, especially right now with all of our hand washing. Keep this in mind as you move through your daily actions, each time pausing to really consider the role of water. For instance, with a beverage, really visualizing your connection with this energy as it swishes around in your mouth and tumbles down your throat. You can also spend a moment or two stirring in some good intent before drinking it down, visualizing with each stir the intent you want to manifest. And as you drink this beverage, imagine that intent imbuing you. If you have a loved one in your life, consider how you can stir in some extra love and comfort when they need it most. In the shower, the cleansing properties of water can be visualized and used to add a deep layer to your everyday washing. Not just away the dirt and grime, but also washing away the negative energy that accumulates and clings to you from the day. And don't forget how important it is for your body to actually receive fresh drinking water. Being made up of 80% water, it's amazing and not in a good way, what happens to our systems when they don't receive ample water. I admit, this is actually a place I struggle. My relationship with drinking water has always been strained, and it is actually something that I work on both practically by tracking and encouraging water intake, but also spiritually with my connection to this element, really kind of digging deep about why I struggle with this. Another approach is to focus on the ways that water shows up through mother nature and weather. Living in the Pacific Northwest, rain is abundant, but I grew up in the deserts of Arizona where water was scarce. And I was born in the Colorado Rockies where water spends a good portion of the time as snow. The dynamics of these places are part of a continuum, a representation of the ways in which we can relate to the elements. The cultures that shape around the relationships to water and their separate parts of the world are as dynamic as the elements. This week, the call to action is to consider the water in your areas. Whether it is a reservoir, a stream, river, or ocean, take some time to visit, to be in the presence of water outside of the home, where it is not confined to the twists and turns of pipes. Experience it in the wild. And while you are there, do some trash pickup, always leaving our shores cleaner than before. The next step is to learn the history of the waterways in your part of the earth. No matter where you are, even in the desert, water can be found. So where and how does water make its appearance in your local wilds? But also, how does water play a role in your community? Look for ways to advocate for clean water access for everyone. And if you can donate, find out more about the indigenous water protectors in your community. These amazing humans are continuously fighting to keep our rivers, streams, and oceans wild and clean. How can you support the amazing work they are already doing? For me, up in the Pacific Northwest, waterways have taken on a whole new meaning. Previously, Southern California ocean shores and Arizona desert lakes were my water experience. However, up here, water is a way of existence, and I have come to marvel at the richness of life that comes with its presence. Please, take time to do the same for the water in your world. I'm sure you've noticed the length between episodes recently, and that is actually intentional. Why? Because we often quickly move from one thing to the next, and my hope is that by creating space between episodes, you will really spend time with the elements, from including them in your full moon work to incorporating them into your meditation and daily practices. By giving space, I'm hoping to encourage you to slow down and really be with these elements. Even a lunar cycle truly isn't enough. These are energetic relationships that take time and patience. So start in a way that feels as though you are giving each of them thorough focus. As I mentioned in this episode, I notice more and more how my energy is tied into that of the lunar cycles, and I have learned over the years the more you work with energy around you, the more susceptible you are to its tides. I'm beginning to notice that my episode creation is following along these routines as well, with time to rest in the new moon, time to brew ideas as the moon waxes, creating when it's at its peak, and sharing out as it wanes. Then throw in a big dose of, well, life. And sometimes timing doesn't go as planned. All that being said, thank you for your continued patience. I do dream of a day where my life is, well, more of this and less of the day job. But right now, bills be bills, and we all know that struggle is real. A big thank you to everyone for listening and for reaching out to share your journey. I admit I am constantly moved by what you share with me, and I am so happy that I can play a role in helping to reclaim your spiritual connection to this world we live in, no matter what path brought you here. Know of anyone waiting to join the listener group? Make sure they have agreed to the group rules and terms. There are about 20 of you waiting in my holding box that I would love to have join us for this holiday season. Or maybe you want a more in-depth look at my personal witch journey? Or maybe some ed- easy PDFs of the content would be helpful? Join me on Patreon. It's free, but a tip gets you early access to PDFs and, of course, my gratitude. Just released a little Yule workbook if you need ideas for this season. Check my bio and post for an easy Patreon link. I do want to send a shout out and good energy to Patreons Cassandra, Clinton, Brandy, Stina, and Jenna, who dropped a virtual tip in the witch's hat recently. All tips go back into making this podcast possible. Be sure to hit like, follow, and subscribe buttons in all of the places, and tell your pagan friends. This is about building a community, and I would love to be a part of your community. Thank you, and Merry Yuletide! Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Pragmatic Pagan. Find this podcast helpful? Then please consider sharing this resource with others. As always, please reach out with any questions or stories you are willing to share, and stay connected by joining me on Patreon or on social media. Links are in the bio. Oh, and don't forget, by following me for free on Patreon, you get access to podcast transcripts and other great free content. Thank you for listening. Until next time, Merry meet, merry part, until we merry meet again.